Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Emerge From Your Box podcast. I've got a special guest today, and his name is Rick Stanley. We met online, and, uh, you know, I've been watching his journey. He's got quite a remarkable story, and, you know, I've been following that, and I thought for the listeners, it's something that I really think would bring value to just understanding from that perspective what he's actually been through. So he's currently a coach, a speaker, and all-rounder, you know, jack of all trades, master of none, maybe. <laughs> so. Without further ado, welcome, Rick. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Margaret. Um, it's a pleasure being on, on this podcast with you. Um, I'll give you a little bit about my story. Um, I actually have a fairly interesting background, so it was never always this particular style that I have now. You know, I've come from a, an extensive background of, uh, well, drugs and alcohol were an issue for an extended period of time in my life. Um, and out of that, that stemmed into this life that I'm in currently at this particular point in time and, and wow yeah, well, that's exactly why I started this podcast you know I'm really interested in hearing the crisis to courage story that people have gone through uh, within their lives to share like you know what's inspired them to reconnect to who they are authentically and what it is that you know um that your vision is and yeah your story like a non-fiction story well the, the funny thing about it was is I was always connected to who I was as a person I was just running away from that. And that was a part that, <laughs> that realization came today. I'm sitting there and going with a friend speaking about it. And I said, you know, my life journey of what I've actually lived through, the experiences of, of using substances for an extended period of time. I mean, anyway, it, it, it is what it is. But it showed me the person that I really am and who I value and what I do and what I do today and how my life is very full. But I used to use substances to break away from that. And I didn't realize that until now. And, and oh, it's a beautiful journey. So, yeah. It's an interesting connection, isn't it? And me, my personal opinion on substances is that like any addiction, it's a person's way of coping with not knowing how to do what they do. And um, it doesn't matter whether, whether it's, um, you know, of addiction of any nature. It's just that with substance abuse, um, it is quite mind altering and it can cause, you know, different lifestyles to erupt from that. But again, it's just a person's way of coping. So it's just, it's, it's actually incredible that you've gone through that and come through the other end to share this journey with us. Yeah, the, the part that I really wanted to share with the majority was, was actually a, a lot of blokes out there are too scared to do this and say, hey, I've got a problem. I don't know how to cope with things. I don't know how to cope with life. I don't know how to deal with this. You know, um, in my generation, when I was raised, it was uh, you don't talk about your problems. You keep your stuff to yourself and men don't cry. Oh, what a load of rubbish and BS that was. You know, the reality of it is we are all people with human experiences. We have emotions and we've got to live through those emotions. And it's just being able to maintain them and move forward through life without having to revert back to the old system and the old ways of, of living. So, yeah. Yeah. Like the caveman era right <laughs> but I guess what I'm interested in is um you know a lot of people have these things happen in life but where do you think it started for you in childhood in teenagehood like take us back to those days oh, okay so I have a what I deem as a normal childhood or what people would call a normal childhood is actually completely far away left of that um so I grew up in a family that had domestic violence there was abuse there's all that sort of stuff and then going to school, getting abused at school, all the trauma that I had through those experiences was really interesting. And it, 
or somebody said to me, it's exactly, you went to drugs to get away from that, to forget that. And I didn't realize at the time that I needed to actually resolve those issues and actually take a hard look at it and go, is that really my stuff? Well, anything before 18 is not mine. It's the experience that I was meant to go through, through my family lineage, whatever the scenario is, to get to this point. After 18, it's me. I have to take responsibility for my actions and everything like that. It took me 20 years to realize that I didn't know what I was doing. And then I figured out, oh, I need to do certain things. So, Yeah, I that, love that you highlighted that. It's super important for anybody listening to become aware of that. You know, what you said before, it's not even your stuff. It wasn't even your voice. It's not even your idea. It's not your thought of pattern or pattern because as a kid, what do you know? You know, your female and male dominant figures in your life are your mentors at the time. And if for some reason they haven't healed themselves or something's going on, you're going to absorb that, you know? So if you're listening out there and you're going through some stuff right now, you're not the only one. We've both been through it. This is why we're sharing our stories this way. So thank you for highlighting that. That's really important for people to know. Yeah, and I I didn't notice that until I read a particular book. I don't know if you may have read it, um, The Four Agreements. Um, that book opened my eyes to the reality of the, the, the experience that I was living at that particular point in time in my life and how... I was very close to the experience and I wasn't taking on everyone else's stuff because that's the way as a child, that's what we are led to believe. And, you know, we're led to yeah. believe by all the external factors from ourselves. This is how we're meant to live our life. And the reality about that is it's, that's just their reality. It's not mine. My reality is, is I'm limitless and I can do whatever I choose to do within reason. But of course, there is constraints around life. So, yes. Yeah, I totally agree with that. You know, um, their view and model of the world isn't necessarily the right way or the wrong way. It's just their way. So I guess as you evolve and grow into your, you know, manhood or adulthood, you come to realize that um, maybe that's not the way I want to do life. And it's not about judging people. It's just about seeing it from a different perspective and saying, well, I am a really curious child. And it sounds like you were. I certainly was and just wanted to explore so even the subject of drugs I mean I've I've you know tried everything as well to be completely vulnerable and honest I was just curious not because um not for any other reason than curiosity I did use um you know some to get away from my own like yourself had quite a interesting upbringing and many things that happened within my life but um it was just curiosity as a child you know and once you realize that it's just like I said earlier it's a coping mechanism you know and you don't know any better as a kid so you're going yeah. to just do what your friends do you know yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, the funny, that's the funny thing you know and that's what led me into smoking you know I was doing what my friends did and then I had an event at that time I had an event where my parents separated, which actually caused me to smoke. So I thought, oh, really, smoking's not that bad. You know, that's a social norm, blah, blah, blah. You know, society says this is okay. Not looking at long-term stuff, you know, only ever looking at the experience at that particular point in time. And it was a trickle effect for me to lead into other drugs. And I went into the drugs and then I went into the harder drugs. And I stayed in the harder drugs for an extended, for 14 years. So I used ice. Um, I'm not scared to talk about that, you know. It led me down a very dark road. Um, it took me to places that I never thought possible, but it also gave me some brilliant experiences. You know, I got to travel in that time. I, I ran multi-million dollar businesses. So I was successful to the world, but internal world was just turmoil. So yeah. 
And you know what happens to a human being when there's conflict between the internal and, ex and, internal and external, right? It's, it's complete chaos. But um, I love what you shared just now about the transition. You know, I remember in primary school not wanting to go to a school because people smoke cigarettes there. But because it's so freely available, you can literally go get cigarettes and alcohol and then marijuana and it turns into other things. In Australia, it's super easy to get it. I've been out to nightclubs lately where people open their jackets and offer me things and I'm like, wow. Okay, you know, so I really love that a lot of people are talking about this. There is absolutely no shame in sharing what you've been through because, like I said, it can be sex addiction, it can be food addiction, it can be drug addiction, it can be alcohol addiction. It's just a coping mechanism. So people listening, just become aware of that. And if someone's going through something, talk them through it without judgment. That's going to be the biggest, um, you know, difference between them opening up or going deeper into their addiction. Once somebody starts talking about addiction too, is there is plenty of services out there that actually will help. You know, there's plenty of people I know, heaps of people who are helping people all the time get through this. And nobody is ever really alone. You know, to actually do that and go, hey, reach out and say, hey, I need a hand, I need help with this, and it doesn't matter what it is. There's so many people out there who are prepared to help. So yeah, I've noticed that as well. Yeah, absolutely, and and you know, like you said. It is about taking ownership, but you don't have to do it alone because there are services, there are specific places where you can go and get um, into the you know transition and detox period of recovery. Um, and the network is so important. You know, I, I find myself, I'm blessed. I do. I'm grateful for having that strong network around me to be able to guide me through that. But some people don't have that. So if you don't know that, even though it's it might not be somebody close to you or your family because often people do get separated from their families and loved ones in amidst the, you know, the addiction period because of the behaviours that they show. Maybe the families are scared or whatever is going on with them. Um, that there is help out there. So we'll put some information um, in, in the body of the podcast so that you can access that if you need it. Um, so, yeah, it's been really interesting to see that it, you know, started for you in a house where there were many things happening. And as a kid, you know, you experienced it all, it sounds like. <laughs> yes. And I got asked a question. This was just recently. And somebody said, would you change anything in that past period for yourself in any point? And I said, no. Because if I change any point, I wouldn't be here right now having a conversation with you, of course, um, and talking to everybody else. But I wouldn't have had those experiences which have given me the life that I've always desired. Like, I've created a life today where I was sitting on a beach. I mean, we're in the middle of lockdown in Townsville, but that's okay. Um, I was sitting on a beach just admiring the sand and taking note of where I am today you know, and the journey that I've come through today. You know, And I love life life provides me with every opportunity and every moment of throughout the day you know I take time with especially with the work that I do and the things that I do it just I'm blessed every day and I'm very thankful for that every day and that's that's it's lovely so yeah yeah, I love that. You know, someone's asked me a similar question and I, I think I answered quite um, along those lines as well. I wouldn't change a single thing. However, I probably wouldn't or wouldn't wish it upon anybody else either. 
you know it's a lot of um it's a lot to process of being quite through, through quite a journey myself but like you said I wouldn't be in this present moment right here right now just um opening up about it you know not feeling the shame and guilt and judgment that I used to around all of the things that happen in life and I think it's super important that you're dedicated after your journey to opening up the space for men because it's so true you know I was at a conference um, a few years ago with Wayne Swass who's the ambassador for mental health um, you know and working with let's just say you know people in the football field you've got to man up you've got to toughen up you've got to be you know that macho man but you don't you really don't you know you got to be in touch with your, your who you are emotionally so that emotional intelligence is a massive part and I'm still learning that you know I've only been in this recovery journey I'm actually trying to catch up on all the life that I've had beforehand but there's also some stuff that I really had to work on and understand you know how do I have a great relationship with somebody? How do I build relationships? You know, simple little things that weren't taught in the family network, of course. Um, I'm having to learn in later age of life, which is fine, you know, and it's a beautiful experience because it teaches me, oh, you know, you fumble, you make a mistake or things go not the way that you plan or you make an assumption, you know, and that's that beautiful experience that, or the exchange that I see through life that, oh, this is the moment that, oh, okay, Rodeo, now I see it from the perspective of the other person, as well as seeing it from myself. So, yeah, it's, it's a great opportunity and I really love it. So. Yeah, I totally agree. You know, the ability to revisit those experiences and just give them a different meaning um, from the perspective you have now and just understanding that you were just doing what you knew at the time. You know, there's, there's no other way you could have learned these apart from having the life, life school of life, you know, <laughs> because if you don't get it in the family or the education environment, like where are you supposed to learn it, right? Well, as you go. Exactly. You learn it by, I wouldn't even call them mistakes, um, you know, like fumbling your way forward. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. That's how I did CrossFit and that's where I, yeah, that's how that happened. Um, I turned up one day. It's funny. I got into recovery to get a life and I went, okay, right, I need to do something physically because, you know, there's so much I thing to do. And I looked for the most craziest sport that there is out there because I love running. And I went, okay, look at running. There's all these things in CrossFit come up. All my running. I mean, I am not a fan anymore. I used to love running. <laughs> well, I, I love running as much as I love CrossFit now. So it's crazy. Like the way that that worked was I fell into something that I enjoyed and there was that community, you know, and I think that's the big draw card in life for me. Like I've surrounded myself with really strong community members and I'm a part of the community and actually giving back in that aspect. So this is what this journey is at the moment. And they've at, as I give back into the community, they're giving back into me. So I've got some really, really close friends who I speak to who are fairly influential in the aspect of life in the area that I'm in. And they're giving me advice. And they're, they're being my parents, in other words, or, or teaching me the valuable lessons that I need to be able to do in certain areas of my life, you know, on how to manage money, on how to manage investments, you know, these things didn't come from my parents, but they came from the community at, at large, and, you know, and that was a building process for me, you know, it's taken a few years to, to learn to be able to trust other people, of course, and then let them influence into that part of my life, and it's been great, I love it, I reckon it's fantastic, I mean, 
who can say, oh, I get to go in the morning, I go to the gym, I have a cup of coffee. Before I go to the gym, I have a cup of coffee afterwards or the hour and a half afterwards. Um, and I get to do the things that I really love, you know. And, and I think that's the essence of my life and the experience that I'm having at this particular point in time was to have that enjoyment and enjoy the process of life and have fun with it, even with the world in chaos and everything like that. I can still enjoy the small things of life. Yeah, it's so important. You know, they say that you are the best of five, but like you said earlier, even in the, even when you're in a situation where let's just stay back to the days of addiction, right? You've got that community. You feel a part of it. It's part of the, you know, it's what you do. And then once you come out of that level of consciousness and realize, okay, there's something else, you know, again, you level up in the community and it becomes a different type of environment where, you know, not, not your parents, but they become your mentors and your peers and you start co-creating together. Um, but how did you do that? How did you, you know, for someone that's going through it right now, how do you go from, you know, addiction and ice is a rough one. You know, I've seen some of my really good friends and I know people that have been on that journey. It's quite a tough one to overcome. So how did you, what was the, you know, click? Okay, this needs to stop. What happened? Ah, so third relationship, third, so my ex-wife, um, left me, my son left me, my family left me. I was in the middle of a job at the time. I'd lost everything around me yet again for the third time. So material stuff doesn't really matter. I can get that and come and go, come and go. That's not a drama, but it was the relationship stuff that I'd lost, you know, I lost the relationship with my ex-wife, I lost the relationship with my son, which I've now built back up, but it's not the same as what it was, but anyway, that's okay. Cause that's the experience that I had back then. And they don't know who I am today. so. Um, and my family, you know, I really lost contact with my sister and stuff like that. And then that just went on a downward cycle for me. Um, mm -hmm. I got a couple of charges come through and I was very fortunate enough that I got off and I got an opportunity to actually somebody say to me, hey, you need to make significant change in your life. Otherwise, you're going to go to jail. Yes. And I went, oh, okay. I'm not going to jail because that's not the type of person that I am. I wouldn't cope in that environment at all. So I'm like, okay. So it's not jail. I'm not going into an institution because I don't believe, for me, the institutions would just cause me to go even worse than what I was at that particular point in time. And the only other one is death. So I'm like, these are the three scenarios that I have seen in front of me in this particular model or lens that I'm looking at. And I'm going, what else is there? And I go, well, there is life. What am I going to do? And I got on my mobile phone. And so I'm in the middle. This is me in the middle of my addiction going, I'm on my phone, I'm at a drug dealer's house. So I'm living with somebody who I know who deals and I'm, we've been friends for a very long time. And so I trust that person enough because we had a friendship which was with us based for an extended period of time, but we ended up going chaos, but that's okay. Different story. Um, <laughs> but I'm sitting there on that phone and I'm, I'm like, I'm on my hands and knees and I'm like, I need help. So I'm like, you know, God, get me out of this. So I'm like, okay, right now. So I get on my phone and I look up a rehab and the first rehab that come up, I messaged the bloke and I said to him, I said, oh, look, I want some help. I've got a drug problem and I need help. Now I got a message two days later from this bloke, come in and have a meeting, we'll have a chat. So I went down, had a meeting with him, had a chat. And he was the first person to introduce me to a fellowship. And he said to me, you know, one is too many. And a thousand's too much. And he talked about emotions, you know. And he said, you know, emotions have thoughts, thoughts, then emotions, then an action, then back to thoughts, then emotions, then back, you know, and the cycle. 
Now, I called that bloke back two days later and said to him, I said, mate, you're right. I picked up again. What do I need to do? So it was that because he, he told me the price of the rehab and it was like $28,000. And I'm like, I don't want to go back and borrow money from people that I know in the old life because then I still have to pay that money back. Mm. So that's, you know, two months in rehab would have been $56,000. Money's not an issue. That wasn't the problem. The problem was I had to go back to that lifestyle then to pay that money back. Mm. So I grilled him for another month because that's the type of person I am. I will keep going and going and going and going. And um, Yeah, I was going to say, even at the height of your drug addiction, you still had your noggin on your head, you know, enough to make sense of, you know, your three options, which were, you know, um, not not very optimistic, but still being able to, you know, grasp like a plan for yourself. Like that in itself is like, wow, because a lot of people can't. A lot of people get totally lost Um I was fortunate enough where I ran multi-million dollar businesses as well as using drugs. So the capability that I had was fine. That, that wasn't the issue. The issue was I needed to find a way that was actually going to be a self-support for where I can't was the circumstances that I had. Um, you can give me the capacity to be able to do what I was doing. So he said to me about a particular rehab in Newcastle. And I applied there and they said, yes, you know, you go and do detox, blah, blah, blah. So they, I went and did detox and... You know, me being me, I pushed my way through. And, you know, somebody said, oh, it takes six weeks to get into detox. I was in there in three weeks. I was doing all the work that I had to do. And I'm pushing through this. And I'm like, they get in the middle of the detox. And they're saying, no, no, you're going to go back out in the community. I'm like, I've just done a week and a half. I've stopped smoking. I've done this. And, you know, I've stopped using my drugs. And now you want me to go back out in the community, back into where I was, the same environment that I was in. Go figure um, and I was given a number, you know, for another rehab. And I rang that rehab on the Friday. So I had till the Monday and then I was going to be booted out. And I had rang the rehab on the Friday and I got a bed that day. Two hours later, they said, yep, there's a bed available for you. Um, you have a bed with us. You need to fly up from, so I flew up from Melbourne into Townsville. Um, that afternoon, I left, on a Sunday afternoon, I left uh, the detox centre. And I went to go see my son for the last time because I knew it was going to be a bit of time before I could see him and spend some time with him, of course. And I thought I'd be able to stay at, with my ex for overnight and then I'll take off in the next night and go, go and uh, uh, catch a flight from Melbourne to back to um, Townsville. Uh, sure enough, that didn't work out that way. You know, I had an argument with my ex-wife. I didn't drink. I did drink. Sorry, I drank. The last drink I ever had that night, I slept at the airport under the stools overnight because I had nowhere else safe to stay that night. And I had my last ever drink. Two weeks before that was the last ever drug that I took and I haven't gambled ever since. And then I come into recovery and I've been on a journey ever since. You know, I started a double degree doing law and business, got bored with it because law is so, anyway. Just yep. I've done a year, not for me. Follow the lines and look at it and just go. Boring, but anyway, that's okay. But no, no offense to any lawyers out there. Completely understand. Not glamorous like TV, is it? It's just been a journey ever since, you know. And I've been just kicking on what I really want to do, you know. And I started doing all the motivational stuff. 
Um, that's what I did in my early part of my recovery. You know, they gave us some books and stuff. Yeah. And then I just started seeking out the best of the best who were in recovery. So I had a passion for movies. So I looked at all the people in the movies and, you know, sure enough, you see there's thousands and thousands of people with this same story, you know, the same drive. And, and I went, well, if they can do it, I can do it too. Yeah, 100%. You can. You know, for people listening out there, what I think I love that you've just highlighted, it's that you can have really successful people who are, you know, on the outside appear like they have it all, but with that unbalanced emotional trauma inside, have this second life that they have to maintain and deal with and manage. And, you know, if you're listening out there, because I think a lot of people associate, for example, drug addicts to the low socioeconomic um you know group of people and it's not even that you know it's all people it doesn't matter what walk of life you come from you all have emotion you're not your emotion but you have emotion you know the the funny thing about it is um, especially when it comes to ice ice is one of the most deadliest drugs in the sense of people can get hooked straight away and it can just destroy it and i've seen it destroy people's lives around me and stuff like that and also my own life but I'm seeing more and more people come out of it, you know, actually go, hey, you know what? Um, that's something that I'm passionate about. You know, I do stuff for another charity where I talk to kids in schools and, and tell them the effects of what drugs and alcohol do, you know, um, what happens when you use these substances and, and what the long-term effects are. Because they don't tell you, like, you, you made him maybe a dealer or something like that. They might say to you, hey, mate, I'm just going to give you this and it's going to give you a heart attack, take all your teeth, you know, I'm going to give you all these problems internally. They're not going to give you any of those warnings. They're just going to say to you, it's the best thing ever. Give it a go. You know, have fun. Come and have fun with us. We're going to be having a ball. It's like, come on. You know, that's the old script that I now see through. And, you know, and my lifelong journey for the rest of my life is to share that with other people and say, look at it from those perspectives and see the real value and what that's actually really doing. And there is no value in it. It's just going to make create mess and turmoil. You know, I was fortunate enough that I had a young man. I was talking about the mental health stuff and saying what this drug does. You know, it turns you into psychosis and it will actually inact. And this young fellow came up to me and said to me, "Hey, I hear that today, but I don't take drugs." And I went, "Well, there are people there that can help you with that." You know? And and that was a mental health issue that came through a conversation which was a drug issue, but it's in that they come in to get together with it as well. So it was interesting to see. Yeah, it's, you know, it's so important um, to talk about it. It's taboo in a lot of households. Um, um, you know, to be completely vulnerable, I was curious because I knew people around me were going through ice addiction and I thought, what is it all about? So I did it. I tried it. I did it twice because I wanted to feel it for myself and, you know, like, and really come to terms with what is it that people are feeling and going through. And like I said, I've been very curious. I never, I've explored with different things for the purpose and intention clearly going in to become conscious of the effects of, you know, what it does to your brain and body. So from personal experience, I can see how people can get completely hooked after one session. So if there are people listening out there and, you know, you're not as stubborn as I am to not continue, <laughs> I really suggest speaking to somebody like Rick or another person that's been through that to really guide you and navigate you through that. I'm not saying for people to do it or not do it. 
I'm just sharing that, you know, being open and communicating uh, based on where you're at in life is super important. And it will determine the outcome of what ends up happening after that one session. Because I know that me personally, after one, if I hadn't have been around consciously the environment of a testing environment, I literally made myself a guinea pig. It could have been a very different story. And I was going through a lot at the time. So just be mindful of that if you're listening to these guys, because it's, yeah, super, super powerful. It's not like alcohol. Alcohol, you can have a hangover and you just, you know, bacon and eggs, get rid of that really quickly. But this is something else. This is, yeah, this will just take everything. It'll take everything that you that you care about. And so your family, your friends, your personal assets, everything that you think that you love and you love to do today and, and you haven't tried the substance that you enjoy doing, those things will go and you'll be stuck in a house looking out a window. That's the reality of it. That's where it ends up being that closed part of it. You're being, you're closed off to the world. You're not talking to anybody. You're, you're screaming on the inside. To get out to the outside but it starts in here you know and that that part of that journey was something that i had to go through and come out of it you know, and come out that side of it and go why am i looking outside for everything that's inside of me you know i don't need the outs to look outside anymore i just look in so then it reflects out so. and you know i think what i heard there coming from uh, the other side it's a blessing in disguise as rough as it is, you know, if you look at someone like yourself, and I know a few people that have been on this journey as well, um, coming to realize that you can overcome it, you know, you can beat whatever it is, because you created it. So you can uncreate it as well at the same time, like you said, you know, there's nothing outside of you that you need. Um, maybe you want it, that's okay, you're allowed to want and desire things, but what you need, and what you were looking for, am I right? Or am I wrong? Out of curiosity it was love, wasn't it? pretty much yeah love for self and then having that self-love for self and exactly. then and then loving them and if you love self then you love the environment that you're in so. how important is it for people listening to understand the concept of love for the self because mm -hmm. if you love self then you love other selves which is interesting because there's a uh, i'm part of another group that does stuff as, um you know we talk about conscious conversations and how life is living through us but it's also living through us through the other other versions of us around us and i'm getting to some really deep conversations around that and i really enjoy that part of it because i get to see other people having other experiences but also i can relate to those experiences through the experiences that i've already had through this journey so far so yeah, I truly, totally align with that. You know, I truly believe that people, we are, we're all consciousness and we're all just different perspectives of consciousness. I love the book choice behind you, by the way, right behind you, Becoming Supernatural. <laughs> one oh, of my yeah, favorite yeah. books. <laughs> yeah, that one. And a few other books that I enjoy as well. So, I'm on, yeah, I actually like, um, oh, what's the other one that joke? Breaking the Habit. Becoming, uh, yeah, breaking a breaking habit of being being yourself. That one I've got that highlighted in seven different colors. Yeah. And I actually, it's interesting. I highlighted it in seven different colors, then read the book per color. Which one? My brain, my brain constructs things in a certain way. I thought I just highlighted it. It was all jumbled up, and my friends are going, to be, "What the? What are you doing?" You know, I'm like, read it in color. They go. 
how did you do that? I went, I don't know. I just plugged into the field and this is what's come through. Isn't it interesting when you go from, you know, chaos to consciousness and you create those neural pathways and you can see different perspectives of life and your life and put things like that together. Nobody sees the way you do it. Nobody sees the world the way you do. And to be able to translate that to people, I guess that's why I'm a huge fan of, you know, Judge Spender as well, because he's the only person that's been able to make me get excited about the art and science of manifestation and the quantum field. <laughs> Everyone else is kind of like, yeah, good luck. <laughs> I, I love So I look at the quantum field and I'm like, oh, it's, so I plug into it and plug into that space. And then I sit there and because I do meditation a lot and that's something that's become part of this journey. You know, I started it in the early recovery for myself was an hour a day, I'm now out to an hour and a half per day, uh, every day for the rest of my life. You know, I, I, I make things for the rest of my life. I dedicate time for everything. So then that when I dedicate certain times for certain things, it creates small space. So I only have six hours rest at night. I get an extra three hours by doing an hour and a half of meditation because it tells, takes those beta waves down deep enough that I actually then sit into a more restful state. Um, I love that, that you state, highlighted that because a lot of people don't realize that that's how it works. Yes. You can actually function on five hours if you have your daily ingrained habit and you have a lifestyle change which incorporates meditation and even hypnosis. You know, you can do an hour of meditation which will give you four to five hours worth of energy if <laughs> you commit to it daily. It's not something that you just do like a fad diet. You know, you don't have to meditate for an hour, but you can do 15, an hour. I've done seven hours before. I started off real small, like small chunks, because I, you know, first part of like my recovery, I couldn't even sit still. I was doing this sort of jittering, you know, and um, I sat there and did a little bit of process and a little bit at a time. And it was just like reading a book, you know, I started with one page. And I could only cope with one page in the early part of recovery of going on systemic information, taking on, you know, and then eventually I have to read a book for two hours. Um, it's just the part of the process. And, and I thought, well, how would I like the life that I have to look for the rest of my life? And what, do I, what would I like it to look like? And meditation became a part of that. Motivation became a part of that. And exercise, you know. All the rest of the things that I do are experiences that I have through this part, but they're the three primary foundational stuff that I, I have to do to keep what I have. Um, the other one is, is I have a cup of coffee in the morning and there is nothing on this planet can change that because I've ingrained a pattern, which <laughs> was I reward myself yesterday for the work I did today. Yeah. Today's, yesterday's work for today. So that's There's nothing wrong with having coffee. First of all, it's an amazing antioxidant. I think I think where it becomes borderline an addiction is if you're having like five, six, seven, eight, ten a day and it's causing you to not sleep and do all of that. So you know, um <laughs> but even then it doesn't matter. If you enjoy it, there's no rules around how you do life, you know. No, but it was something that you love, then it's something that you love. It was just interesting because I looked at it and I went, you know, at the start of that, I was using that as a crutch, but now I can go three cups of coffee a day um, and I don't make coffee. I don't have coffee in my house. I have tea in my house, which is, and I love tea and that sort of stuff, but 
um, I enjoyed this coffee thing because it was like that reward and recognition for the experience of what yesterday is. And it's just been compiling on top of each other. So, you know, those small foundational steps and that, that foundation is starting to build it just a little step at a time, you know, bringing one left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot, you know. And then I look back and I go, it's 365 days. I mean, a lot of guys out there, they say, oh, just be that 1% change per day. And then you're 365% change. Well, I like, uh, okay, right, yeah. and I'm the motivated person inside of me says, I'm not doing 1%, I'm doing 3% because I just want to be ahead of the game and keep going. Um, and then I look at it and go, okay, Rodeo, realistically, 1% change for me, maybe just something that I just do is very small. And then I'll just work it from there. And it's just been, it's just got bigger. In time, it's just becoming this massive thing. And I go, how did I end up here? Well, it ended up, it was, it was where I first started. So Very true. We've got 86,400 seconds a day, you know. So that's a lot of time that everybody has an equal share of. And what you do with it is totally up to you. But, I mean, you know, even if you did have five cups of coffee a day, you do run and also do CrossFit. So, you know, it balances out in that. Sp- you, you never have to justify these things to people. I was kind of having a joke there. So <laughs> I just go, I was guilty of that. I have been guilty of that. And that's, that's part of who I am today. You know, that honestly part of me is a big thing now. So, you know, you touched on something really, really important. It's a lifestyle change. It's not just a fad. Like, there's a lot of fads around. I'm not going to name them because I don't know. But if you can incorporate something into your day-to-day, like yourself, I every morning, you know, I have my rituals. And part of that is uh, meditation and breath work and, yeah, quantum flow and it's Qigong as well, you know. So um, if you can incorporate that and, you know, you probably – learned that in the four agreements or something like miracle morning setting up your day sets up your whole exactly (laughs) you know exactly (laughs) the magic um it makes the whole world of a difference you know for people that are listening i never used to meditate either i remember someone saying that to me and i'm like meditate i get boxed for like three hours non-stop do crossfit run tough mother events and but meditation Oh, and now I'm one of the biggest advocates of meditation and grounding and earthing and hypnosis and all sorts of things to just bring yourself back to yourself. Come home. Breath, breath, breath work's a big, big one. You know, um, people underestimate that a lot, especially even when you look at meditation, you know, to actually step into meditation, to step into that space, it's that first and then centering self and then bringing yourself into it or, you know, you've got the other versions of breath work, you know, and I have noticed a lot more change in my life by using these techniques and how it actually stems in the external environment around me. It's huge. Like there's a lot of people that I, and I mean, I must be raising frequency as well and stepping into that and people are coming into my life who are at that same level and then teaching me more. It's just like, this is brilliant. This is brilliant. You know, life is what you want out of it and I see so much out of it and I get so much from it and it's like how do I give back and my way of giving back is sharing these things with other people and I have a philosophy called for me it's called um the Maria Maria Jacoby I think she was a lady that she's got energy philanthropy and that's how I I do bowl sessions in in Townsville for people and I don't expect anything in return you know just 
their presence is enough. And that's how I do that because I'm able to do that because I have other things that facilitate life, you know, and that's my way of giving back to community. So. And you know what? That's um, each one to each one. We are here to serve. When people realise that and come from a place of giving from their heart as opposed to what used to hold me back as well, you know, the scarcity mindset, oh, they can't have that, so they can't have that. It's a complete game changer when you live from that perspective and frequency. And, yeah, I love that there's so many people, um, you know, like yourself, that have been through massive journeys. This is only the beginning. I think if this is this was like kindergarten for us, you know, go through this so that you can actually then plant your seed and serve the world in the space that, um, you know, people can relate to that. But you're so right, you know. In the quantum field, when you do raise your vibration like that, people come to the table and you realise that there's a lot of people like us that want to just give, you know, and exchange that energy for energy and help others that have been through or are going through or want to co-create, you know. It, it's a beautiful space to be in once you overcome and become who you're, you are at your natural state. It's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we can talk for hours on the consciousness. but um... Oh, consciousness and quantum field I can talk about for a lifetime because <laughs> there's, there's such a lifetime of information that just keeps consistently coming all, all the time, you know. Um, I, I love it. Like, it's like a breath of fresh air, you know. I, I sit with friends and we'll have a cup of tea and then we'll talk and then I go, oh, and I look at the time and go, oh, we've done it again. We've done a time slip. And they go, what do you mean by a time slip? I said, it's three hours. And they went, no, it isn't. I said, yes, it is. <laughs> they go, oh, what, 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 where do we get? Don't worry about the time. It's all good. It's just <laughs> happening. Just, you know, and, but, yeah, the experiences that I see and the constraints or the constructs that I used to see in constructs that I see now are, like, completely different, completely very true. You know what? I'm so grateful that you went through what you went through for the purpose of being able to come out the other side now and just share with people that you can do it. It is possible. You survived it. I wouldn't even call it survive it. Like, you know, you went through the journey and you're here to share it with others. And um, so important for people listening, you know, um, like Rick has and like I have, um, make sure that you're just looking in the mirror and getting in a, into alignment with who you are at heart and putting in those daily habits and it starts there for me it was literally you know take a walk 15 minutes a day when I was at the lowest point of my physical fitness but you know work with someone that's been and done that and can take you on that journey for you to grow wherever it is that you want to go it's not about us wanting to impose anything on you it's about you just being who you are and you know, whether you want to be the mom of five beautiful children or the CEO of a $5 billion company, it doesn't matter who you are. You're a human with a heart and that's all we're interested in, you know, spending time with, seeing and being around. <laughs> like just... Right. <laughs> it's a lived experience shared with another conscious person. That it can be, you know, a, a lot of lived experience that I've gotten out today has come from people who are actually going through the same journey as me, you know, and I sit there and I can relate to them and say, hey, I understand where you are and I know what it's like at that particular point in time. But, you know, you always have strength around you and always stay in the middle of the strength, you know. Yeah. You are you are who you are around whoever's around you, of course, but you're in the strength of the group or the community that you are, you're going to become that. 
Yeah, 100%. You know, this is exactly why you mentioned it earlier. I'm a huge advocate of self-mastery, you know, really teaching the people, really teaching people that they can and have it all within them and just unlocking that with them, like whatever that is for them. It could be anything, but, you know, um, yeah, look, we can talk for hours on this and I'd love to. I'd love to actually bring you back and maybe go deeper into one of these topics because there's probably a lot of people listening right now thinking, what the hell does quantum mean? You know, it's still a very new term, even though it's been around since well before the 50s, <laughs> before time itself. And, you know, if you get quantum, you know, time doesn't exist. But anyway, that's another topic. <laughs> we start then talking about the other stuff that goes with it as well. So, yes. Do the time space collapse another another session, I think. Um, I'll be keen to do another session, especially on quantum love. Yeah, you know what? Lock it in. But for now, let's say today was your absolute last day on earth. What message would you have to give to the world? You are strong and you can do anything. See how quickly that came out, guys? That's what you get when you're in ultimate alignment with your true self. Repeat that for me again. You are strong enough and you can do anything. Perfect. Thank you so much, Rick, for coming on. I, um, I'm i sure there's a lot of people who have tapped into this and, you know, just either want to draw inspiration from you or just talk to you or have someone that they want to introduce to you. So if they do, how can they reach you? Um, they can reach me on Facebook. Um, so I have a Facebook account, which is Rick Stanley. Um, you'll see my lovely, beautiful picture there. Or I think maybe a CrossFit picture. I can't remember. It'd be something along CrossFit um, uh, or I have an Instagram as well and that's Rick Stanley or to get a Ricky, R-I-C-K-I, Stanley7 and Instagram. So that's another place you can get. Yeah, cool. I'll pop the links in the podcast um, information section anyway so they can reach you. But thank you so much for your time today. I've received so much wisdom from, you know, your perspective Um and I'm sure a lot of other people will draw on this and, you know, see for themselves, see something within you that is within themselves and realize that they too can do it. So I really appreciate your time and I'm really grateful that you've taken the time to share. Again, we have a second episode coming up, <laughs> you know, to go deeper into the quantum because your my favorite book is right behind you. So I can't ignore that. That's a sign. <laughs> take some photos and send them through to you so you can see what i'm talking about that's perfect i actually got mine signed by joe dispenza in 2018 when he came to launch becoming supernatural so yes mm. we definitely share a love for dr joe that's already happened it's going to happen i'm just trying to figure out when it's going to happen but that will, I'll leave the win up to the universe to show me that experience. Yeah, we don't concentrate on the how. We, we've set the intention and let it go, and then it flies in. That's how it works. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. If you don't have any last words, um, if you have any last words. No, we're all good. Thank you. Not, not last words, final words for now. Until next time, I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you all, your listeners, coming on to the Emerge From Your Box podcast. Um, and until next time, take care and thank you. Thank you.